I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Motor Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. I hope you're having a good day, a good night, a good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Um, I have a big world audience now, so it's really, um, it could be any time, couldn't it, really? Uh, I record on a Monday in the mornings with a hot cup of tea, as you know. I have a fresh cup of tea today. Um, Just a little little sort of sit-rep, re-mic situation. if you've noticed the last few weeks, sometimes I just lose concentration here and there. That's no different because of my age, but also it's just because of my father. My elderly father in the UK is getting worse. And so every now and again, I just, when I record, and I just had a phone call from my brother, and it sort of does um, sometimes send me off into little tangents. So I apologise for that. Uh, I'm not apologise for... Um, most things, but that that thing sort of is why I've been a little bit really bit weird recently. Anyway, um, that aside, got my tea, got the show. Um, this week's episode. Now, you know that I absolutely love new wave of British heavy metal. So, as you should know, if you're if you're a regular listener, you'll know that Nwobum, as we like to call it, uh, new wave of British heavy metal is one of my passions uh, musically. Uh, I have a lot of musical passions, as you all would know, but this is one of my major ones. Um, it, it's uh, if those out there who are new to the show who don't know what they're just getting into heavy metal and don't know what new album is, do head back to the episode I did some months ago uh, in my catalogue about new album. But I'll give you a quick refresher. Basically, it's the I like to think of it as the bastard child of uh, heavy rock. Um, uh, and punk and prog and glam it's just like it's like they all got together had a right royal going at each other and what popped out was Nawabam so Nawabam really is like we, we, all, we all know what punk is it's really easy for me to not to explain punk to you because you understand what punk is everyone has their own form or concept of punk or what punk is but we all know basically what it is it's an anti-establishmentarianism you say that when you've had a few drinks um anti-establishment musical form okay very much like any protest music um like jazz like some blues like some bluegrass root roots and bluegrass music um or protest music of the 60s or hippie music whatever okay so anyway it is this 
strange amalgam. There is uh, like punk. Um, you can't just say all punk is the Sex Pistols or all new album is Iron Maiden. It uh, it has these strange um, and wonderful uh, fluid forms to it. It has the swagger and and pomposity of late seventies. British heavy rock like Purple and Zeppelin and uh, and Badfinger and Free, and it has also the youthful anger and exuberance of punk. It has the flashy um, um, glamis glam aspects of, of glam, basically. Um, so it's sort of got a bit of everything, right? It's sort of and it also has some of the noodly nuances of prog. So it's a wonderful amalgam, and it's also really the birth of heavy metal. I know people say that Black Sabbath, yes, but and and they were and they did, but you know on an international scale, on a wide scale, heavy metal didn't really exist in my opinion until the New Album movement, and 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 most of the bands in that movement don't like being called New Album. Iron Maiden hated the, were always hated the label. Um, Steve was very adamant that that wasn't their label and again like the Pistols they didn't want to be called punks right they didn't want to be labelled as punk um, it's just I think it's just they were scared of being pigeonholed you know obviously clearly not punk uh, Pistols went beyond punk and, and um, made, went well beyond the album right anyway in that wonderful burgeoning um, melange of bands so I'm just going to get some of my tea one second Um, and that, that wonderful sea of, of, of that sort of um, epoch-making era, era, you've got all sorts of crazy influence bands. So, you know, to name, there's so many, there's so many obscure ones that they just sort of came and went, like the pist- like the punks, right? They, I mean, punk singles. I mean, there were so many bands that you couldn't even begin to remember. In fact, you couldn't even find them unless you look deep into the recesses of YouTube because they're not on Spotify or uh, iTunes or any of those sort of mediums. Same with Northern. So, but a few, uh, there, but a few of the ones that I would call obscure weren't really obscure. They were just weren't in the same, they didn't make the same impact or get the same record label or have the same luck, to be honest with you, as like Maiden and, uh, and bands like that because, um, you know, I'm not going to put Judas Priest as an album band. People do, I, they're not because they formed before then, and they were more of a heavy rock band that became an album. So same with Venom. Um, Venom are probably the most, I think, along with Maiden, the most influential uh, new age of new wave of British heavy metal band that arrived on the scene. Although I would put them more in a punk, black metal layer, make their own sort of genre, really. Anyway. So I was just getting to the point. So there's all these bands spinning around. And what made me think about this episode today was I was I was thumbing my record collection. And that's what I was telling my wife. Um, anyway, <laughs> in the room under the stairs. Um, she said, what's all that banging and noise in there? So I'm thumbing record collection. And she said, all right, as long as we clean up afterwards. <laughs> so I was thumbing through my record collection. And um, whoop, you see that? I've just picked up something and bush crash wallop. Um, and what I bought during lockdown, I didn't have a copy of this because it's really hard to get hold of. But I got um, so the band I'm going to talk about is Tank. You would have seen it in the in the header. It's Tank. So Tank formed um, in 1978, 
and oh no sorry sorry not 78 i apologize and they formed in 1981 8081 um from the ashes of one band to another as it always were okay formed mainly originally um, by Algie Ward. Now, Algie Ward's a very, very interesting musician. He's the bass player. Now, Tank is a three-piece band, and Algie Ward played bass for the Saints here in Australia on the second and third album, Prehistoric Sounds and Eternities, uh, Eternity, Eternity Years. Um, both of them, not I'm honestly not really my favourite uh, uh, Saints albums, because because they started becoming really sort of instrument like they started playing with jazz forms and stuff and brass instruments and I was not really it doesn't really do it for me but he was here playing with them amazingly um, I think actually for that was in the UK because I think the Saints had already travelled across to Europe by then so he wasn't playing in Australia as such he was he was just playing with an Australian band and he left them and then went on to play bass on one of the most influential and amazing punk band albums of all. I did an episode on it not that long ago, and that's Machine Gun Etiquette by The Damned. Now, how amazing is that? He's, you know, he's gone on and played with the seminal punk band and a seminal album at that, right at that sweet spot, you know, um, in 78, 79. Amazing, amazing album. I've already discussed that. Go back and listen to it. It was one of my highest ever... Um, uh, rated out, uh, episodes that one it was huge in India like 3,000 episodes downloads a day it was in India which is massive for me um, thank you for that by the way but he was really heavily, heavily influenced by um, by the by Motorhead uh, he wanted to make it he wanted a three piece band and he wanted to he was really um, sort of enamoured because of the damned also heavily sort of connected with Motorhead um, you know, and some girls' school and all those sort of people. He wanted he wanted to make a band that sounded like that. You know, he wanted a, a, a power and aggression and punk speed and um, just hundred percent fun, right? So they released their first album, which is a, a, a seminal album, which you can actually. Uh, here on Spotify and iTunes, uh, it's not easy to buy original copies, but you can get the CDs of it, I believe. And there is a couple of reissues around, and that's Filth Hounds of Hades. Um, it, I won't go into that album, but that album is—it's um, not one of those moments in history where you go, "What the fuck was that?" You know, did that just come past me? Did I really just listen to that album? Um, it's a—it's a righteous mix of rock and roll and punk. It really is. Anyway. Um, one second. Why aren't you doing that album? I'm here. You sound on the back, putting your hand up, going, sir, sir. Why aren't you doing that album? I could do that album, but Phil Hounds of Hades has been done beyond belief. And I also, as I said, I was thumbing through my record collection, and I have a section where I put um, all the stuff I got in lockdown. I didn't um, the f- first major lockdown that I didn't really get around to listening to. Uh, and I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll grab those out. And one of them was Tank's second album, um, released in 1982. The album is Power of the Hunter. It's a beautiful product, actually, I've got on here. It's um, black and white splattered vinyl on, a, on HR Records. Beautiful um, 
shiny card finish, um, and it's got a. You can see the picture on the on the uh, thumbnail of the show. A classic Norbum cover, really, with a band all sort of looking moody. He's got a machine gun belt in his hand. Uh, Algie Ward's got his jacket over his shoulder, and um, you know, it just it, they, they look like they look a bit like early Def Leppard. Again, another Norbum band that went on to be had a, their own sound that went on to create huge different sound and and and, and follow that that you know and plow that furrow um it's a beautiful album it comes with a poster a a four post a four page booklet um and a single it comes with the single off the album in white vinyl and the single comes with a lyric sheet which is crazy um you never get that with singles uh anyway beautiful product so i thought why not let's this um i haven't listened to it in such a long time i'll bung it on and and let's play it and I was playing it and I thought god you know what this is bloody amazing now sadly the only way you can hear it guys unless you've got a copy of it is to go on YouTube I will put the link in the show notes below um, and you can hear the album there obviously it's not the best transfer it's a YouTube transfer but again um, I think my copy I think I got mine through Shadow Kingdom Records um, picked it up for pennies really I think it was like 40 US or something like that turned up about 55 Australian that was including the postage so um, oh it comes with a lovely big poster as well which I you know I love about those kind of the re- resurgence of reissue of albums is the stuff you know getting with it because they charge you so much that they want to give you m- more product really for the money you're spending which I think is really good anyway so it was released in 1982 um and he basically, when he formed the band, he, he, he found, he's got Peter and Mark Babs, the drums and guitar. Algie plays bass and has vocals. Um, and they formed in 1980, as I said. Um, I saw, um, uh, oh, sorry, side note, side note. Uh, I, I saw, uh, the, I saw Tank here a few years ago with girls school and raven and it was just mind-blowing it was meant to be girls school venom inc and raven um but venom inc couldn't come because tony's knee was buggered and he was getting work done on it so um tank stepped in and it's not the original tank lineup it's not algae ward it wasn't algae ward there are two tanks going around now don't say sherman and um and, and Churchill, because I'll punch one of you. No, the, the, um, it was there were two tanks going around, and one's an Algie Ward tank, and one's an, another one. Um, but all the members of the tank band that I saw have played with royalty, you know. Um, they've played with Paul Diano, and they've played on... I mean, I won't go on, but they're just the, the crazy stuff that they've played on. Anyway, so it's... Uh, They, they they released several albums afterwards, so I'll, t- I'll give you their lineup. Okay, so they went: Phil Pounds of Eighties, uh, Power of the Hunter, The Means, This Means War, um, Honor and Blood, Tank, and Still uh, Still at War. I genuinely will tell you guys that get to um, Power of Hunter. So Phil Pounds of Eighties, Power of Hunter, Power of the Hunter, really. Um, this means war is still great because it has algae ward still and so I think so does the honor and blood but it gets a little bit thin anyway 
and we're not here to review that and talk about that. So we're here to talk about the um, power of the hunter. So it it follows. How do you follow such an an aggressively stunning first album? Um, very difficult, I think. Very difficult because there was no stick in the sand, no line in the sand, so no mark to say um, this is what your your sound should sound like. This is what you should do. This is how you're going to evolve, because like punk, they were all making up as they went along and saying with. Um, Nawabam. The thing about Nawabam is that they, unlike punk where they were destroying everything, Nawabam was trying to um, take bits and pieces from everything, right? Uh, and, and this album is an absolute bastardization. It is a, in a good way, it is a Jekyll and Hyde album in such that it is hugely influenced across so many um, forms of music, of rock and and, and music, um, yeah. It's also trying to be. It's also trying to placate its obviously its leather leather clad, tight jean, long haired fans, um, the sweaty, unwashed masses of the pits, as they as they were once called. Okay. It uh, it was produced by interesting here. So it was produced by police, the producer of Outlands the Moor, Nigel Gray. Who um, and you can almost well how do I say it? You can hear um, whereas Filth Hounds of Hades was produced very quickly, very shoddily in some respects, and made very you know as a la all um, you know early eighties, uh, late seventies, early eighties musical forms. It was either done with complete clarity or or very quickly, and you know get it out because we couldn't afford the. Um, they couldn't afford to be in the studio for months and months, right? Um, that's why something like you know, uh, um, Hysteria is still considered is still one of the most expensive albums of all time because Def Leppard spent forever and a day making that album. Um, and I'm going to give a little bit of a hint here: not a fan. I absolutely love Def Leppard's early albums, but Hysteria, it, I could never listen to it again. It would never bother me. Um, I think that's a part of my 16-year-old Tony that doesn't want to go back to. Anyway, so it was a. Um, it's also got a single on it. It's got an interesting single. They only released one single from it, and it's from 1977's the Osmond single, Crazy Horses, which is um, again the single that I've got here, right? Crazy Horses. You why why, do you, why on earth would a as someone like Algie Ward pick a Osmond song now those that don't know who the Osmonds are those young enough to listen to this show and go who are the Osmonds Donny Osmond was a and the Osmonds were a like a a manufactured pop band from Utah I believe they're Mormons um, that, that, that aside that doesn't mean any about their music it's just a, a fact um, and they had big teeth and big hair and sunshine and happiness and Big lapels and you know, like be like the Brady Bunch, right? And they did release one or two cracking songs, and Crazy Horses is one of them. So you can see why they picked it. Although I'm still confused, even now when I listen to the version of it, why they chose Crazy Horses. But maybe it was a an influence of one of the members of the band. Maybe it was something that really meant something to them. Maybe it does have a sort of rocky, punky 
feel to it um, when you listen to it. It was released on the uh, Kamikaze label and it runs at 40 minutes and 24 seconds. I said that getting the original copies, um, good luck. Uh, I'd love an original copy. I don't have one. I've only got the um, HR Records, HRR844 reissue. But again, as I said, um, beautiful reissue. Really, really beautiful. The back pictures, um, picture of Algie Ward running down the street, all in a blur. All right. I played a couple of the tracks off this when we saw them live, um, and I was, I was really pleasantly surprised at how good they sound live. Actually, really, really good. Oh, can you hear those bell, that bell tinkling? That's my darling cat running up and down the stairs. Here she is. Hello, sweetheart. Mm. Hang on one second. I have to be on. She, she's got a thing about eating my pot plants. One moment. Almost. She, I don't know what it is. She's lost a bit of weight recently and she just likes to jump into the pot plant and eat my palm. I don't know what it is about her. She's just being naughty, 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 I think. Anyway. Sorry, a bit of a sidetrack there. So, yes. So, where was I? Yeah, it was produced by Nigel Gray. One single Crazy Horses off of it from the 1972 Osmond hit. Uh, kamikaze label, running at 40 minutes, 24 seconds. So it doesn't hang around long. It does have um, quite a, a, a feel to it. When you listen to it, I was listening to it again, walking down to the shops this morning to get uh, coffee. Um, and it did feel like it was over pretty quickly. It doesn't hang around. And I like that about an album. You know that. If I want a long album, I'll put on... Lamb Lies Down on Broadway or Tales from the Tropographic Ocean or even one of the later Iron Maiden albums, you know. But most of the time, you just want entertainment um, in and out, you know. Uh, because if it lingers too much, it can get a bit of a sour taste in the mouth, right? But, so, with Tank, it sits, they sit in that middle of the road. Oh, God, I hate to say this. If Algie's listening, God love you, Algie. I don't mean to be rude, but the band Tank itself... The reason that, unless you know your history of heavy metal, unless you're really into the genre, and even then a lot of them wouldn't know, a lot of the young guys who are listening to metal wouldn't know Tankers. A lot of a lot of Metallica fans would not got a clue. Even though um, Metallica are heavily influenced and, have, and love Tank, they wouldn't necessarily understand, they wouldn't know, because why would you? Um, some of the, you know, when you're younger, you don't look that far back, do you? But um, the genesis, the genesis of, of all good heavy, heavy metal at the moment, around now, are bands like Tank and um, Girls' School and, you know, Demon and, and, and Raven and Venom, Iron Maiden, Praying Mantis, Tigers of Pangtang. And by the way, the new Tigers of, Tigers of Pangtang album is awesome. I did review it recently for Metal Ruse. Please do... Um, pop into the website and have a read. It's a cracker of an album. Um, they don't, they don't change. They just keep getting better and better and better. Actually, in my opinion, I'd love them to come out. And then you know, Witch Find, um, all those, all those sort of guys. You know, they're just, they're just, sadly, um, you know, Diamond Head. I mean, God. Where would we be? I wouldn't be sitting here now talking to you about this wonderful medium, musical form, really, without Diamond Head. Uh, so, I mean, it there's there's this sort of, you know, 
sadness tinge to it that and that's why I want to do this review this album and I will do more um, semi-obscure Norbum albums I think because I want to bring them back to life I'd love them to bring them back to life they need to you know everyone knows Motorhead right everyone knows Motorhead and through Motorhead they might have some osmosis through girls school and the damned and things like that because of Lemmy's connections um, like the St. Valentine's Day Massacre 12 inch all that stuff they just need to uh, we just need to not forget them really basically and it does sadden me because a lot of these people now probably you know what they're doing now they're probably selling TVs at Curry's or um, pulling pints at your local pub or uh, you know maybe even unemployed doing nothing and that's a real it's a real shame it's a real sadness to me that someone who had such sparkle in their eyes and such um, ferocity in their soul ends up being, you know, a deadite government worker. And I don't mean that to anyone government workers listen to this. I'm not saying you're all deadites. You know what I mean by that, right? Um, they 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 had this, you know, not. And we all know that in rock and roll and in any art, um, there's only one percent of one percent that actually make it, right? So it's a very small amount of people. And you have to be in the right place at the right time and genuinely have a fuckload of talent. And that's why someone like Maiden and and the and, and uh, Motorhead and Venom and that they, the reason they also had difference. They had a, 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 a point of difference that was a little bit more different than the middle of the road. Some of these, um, like the, I mean, also names of your bands, people. Think about the names of your band. Often that is going to make a difference. You know, Iron Maiden stands out, doesn't it? Motorhead stands out. Um, Venom stands out. Things like um, Praying Mantis and, you know, Demon and Satan. They they will stand out amongst UK listeners because UK listeners aren't um, overtly religious. But in where you're going to make your money in America and places like that, if you've got a band like named like Satan or Demon, you're probably not going to make so many records um, particularly in the deep south guys so you sort of I think sometimes I mean like Tank for instance great name I love Tank what it is and it's great logo with a big tank on it and big yellow letters but it's still Tank it really you know like anyway that aside I'm going to now um, fend my cat again off the plant I'm going to get my tea warmed up and we'll go on a second as we do every week we do an album review. You know the you know the you know the you know the way they place this plays, guys. Second side, we're gonna second side, we're gonna talk about the, the tracks. Um, we'll just go as so not it's so too in depth because I don't want to bore you, but we'll have a chat about the different musical styles that come about in this album, the running times and the and the and the uh, uh, and the, the track listing. Anyway, uh, enjoy these moments of commercialism, and I will see you on the other side, guys. Bye for now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey ho, back with us again. Now, side two. So, we're going to talk about the album. So, it was recorded in Surrey at Surrey Sounds in Leatherhead, um, and where the band's basically from, I think. Um, it was released in October 1982, recorded between June and July of 1982. So, you know, recording the month. So, as I said before, very fast compared to um, what people, how people record albums now. They take a long time. And they tend to have lots of layers. I mean, this is the thing. When technology is... Sometimes too much technology ruins rock and roll. Uh, as I've said that before, I said it before and I'll say it again. A really beautiful... Like the the beauty of punk and early heavy metal, to be honest, and most of it, is the roughness and rawness of it. The anger, the rage, the filth, the crackle, the pop, the bang, the... The mistakes. I, I think the, the when we polish it, my, there was an old term, isn't there? Polishing a turd, right? There's a point where you can polish it so much that it really just falls apart in your hand, right? And that is an innuendo which I won't go into. Um, so it comes out following the curtail, the, the curtain, ta- the the tails. Uh, the coattails, that's what I'm trying to say, the coattails of Filth Hounds of Hades with this amazingly hand-painted cover, this sort of real sense of punk to it, uh, uh, even though, you know, it's a new album band album. Um, and in comes this more sophisticated, they've got a really 
um, high-end producer that's just produced Outlands de Moor um, for one of the for a band that become would become the biggest band in the world, um, and you know, and they got a beautiful cover. It's got um, it's got a great um, groundswell behind it. The band was really big. Um, you've got a, 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 the major member of the band who has been in two of the most major punk bands of the 70s, Australia's The Saints and UK's The Damned. And here it comes. It opens blisteringly with actually one of my most, one of the most favourite songs I've ever had a chance to hear live, um, which is Walking Barefoot Over Glass, uh, or Glass, so he likes to say. Um, now, remember I said before that the this is a strange amalgam of different genres and um, and it's a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde album and this is where it starts. Um, it is okay. Imagine, listeners, you go back in time. Back in time, you're Algie Ward in your early twenties. It's nineteen seventy. It's nineteen eighty two. Sorry, so you were born in nineteen sixty. All right say that around that time maybe late I don't know I'm not sure how old he was when he made this album but so let's say he's in his 20s so over late 50s or 60 <laughs> and your big influences are going to come rushing through and it wouldn't be punk because punk was too new to be an influence it's there as a part of your life but it's not an influence the influences are heavy rock and this sounds truly like Led Zeppelin just made another album but the it sounds like honestly um, side one particularly, not so much side two, but side one sounds like Zeppelin. It's like I'm uh, honestly, it's like because Diamond had a very Zeppelin um, uh, influence. So was Judas Priest. I mean, they were all. I mean, most heavy rock bands are influenced by uh, by Zeppelin, right? Or Purple. And this is where it starts. So walking barefoot over glass. Um, it's, it's got so much Zep swagger. It, 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 it's got that great um, sing-along stuff that you get with Nwobam, which is a lot of this album. But you also got that sort of heavy blues um, uh, and, uh, mix. Like the Algie's bass is... It's actually a bit muddy in the mix, actually. Um, the drums come far more forward, and so do the guitars. And so, you know, like like Zeppelin, I think Zeppelin was mixed that way. The bass, even though it was strong, was often back. You often got overpowered by Bonham and um, and, and the like. So, um, for me, if you love Zeppelin, you're going to love this album. Uh, Algie's um, vocal is very unique. He's got a beautiful singing voice. He's got a, a great rock and roll voice. He's very talented. Um, and you don't, there's not one point where you go, because there's some of those modern bands where the vocalist was so awful um, that you just try to ignore what the singer was and just get into the music. Uh, and the same with punk, same with anything, really. And uh, But this, not with Algie. Algie's got this really memorable voice. Um, great, you know, he can stretch out a vocal line and, and, and a lyric, and it won't thin out. You know, sometimes there's too many words in a lyrical line, and the vocal thins. It doesn't thin in him he, because he doesn't overstretch himself. The nice, short, sharp lyrics um, 
on this album. Um, you can also hear uh, Algie's love for the Ramones as well. He has that Ramone look, you know, the leather jacket, the long curly hair. Um, very Dee Dee, I think. Anyway, I'm listening to the lyrics, okay? So, uh, hey, what's going on in your mind? Hey, what are you being so snide? Why are you going way past the limit? You're driving your coffin, so smile and get in it. Um, and again, I would say it's all speed driven, right? It's all about speed, yeah? I'm walking barefoot over glass, you know? I mean, I'm not quite sure, you know, um, hey, are you drunk or just blind? Hey, don't you think it's about time you found a way how to kick it? It's my, it's, it's my name that you're dropping, so don't you forget it. I think, again, it's probably about divorce. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Pop from Algie Ward. It's a, it's, it's a lyric I can't decipher. I've never really understood it. Um, I suppose I could Google it and find out. You could do the same. I'm not going to do it. I think I'm just going to leave it as it is. But that's a brilliant song. It's got a really, really swinging um, chorus, uh, really swaggery guitar. Brilliant to sing along to. Really great to sing along to. And then it's followed by Pure Hatred. Um, again, it's all about this... I, I don't... Algie's a complicated human, right? Um, he's obviously had a lot going on in his mind, in his life. Um, beautiful um, sort of imagery, but also quite stark and angry. Um, you know, opens up with a great, ooh, yeah, yeah. Like really sort of a, a sort of a real sort of... Paul Deanna. I mean, Paul Deanna is another one, uh, you know, when he was in the first two Maiden albums. Some of those lyrics were a bit sort of uh, obtuse, even though Steve, I think, wrote quite a lot of them. Um, you know, here we're pure hatred. Um, the chorus is, so what's the attraction of wasting... Sorry, no, that's not the chorus. The chorus is, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, all I've got for people that are just like you, it's pure hatred, pure hatred. I think, again, it's about it's an anti-establishmentarianism thing, isn't it? He's 20-something, he's probably having to go to his parents or bigots or racists or, you know. To tell you how much it's worth, it's her privacy you're invading. It's a value, not the pride that hurts. Again, I think um, it's probably about, um, I mean, I'm going to say wife beatings the wrong term, so it's horrible. Uh, family um, issues, yeah. And then we got uh, followed in with um, something less heavy, Biting and scratching. Biting and scratching is, I just wrote on here in big letters, swagger, swagger, swagger. It is, um, it's still very Lizette sounding, but it's got that, it's got a sexual connotation to it. It's got um, a real kind of um, cocaine off the crests of a naked woman's buttocks or, you know what I mean, you know, that kind of... uh, um, Back in alien hedonism that, uh, that, uh, that the late 70s rock scene had, right? Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's biting and scratching, that's all she does. Biting and scratching when we, make, when we make love. Biting and scratching is no use saying you're f- tired. Biting and scratching to, to call me a liar. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I have to say it's fun. It really is fun. It's fast and quick. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I still enjoy it. It's probably one of my favourite songs on the album because it's just that sort of uh, that sort of T Rexiness, um, that sort of Ramones mixed meets T Rex meets Led Zeppelin meets The Damned. It's got it's just 
a song that you couldn't probably get away with now, but I really love it. Um, and then you got um, some some come running, some come running. Um, again, it's about it's very. I think with songs like this, I'm going to read the lyric to you. It seems very biographical. Okay, all my life I've been breaking hearts. That's what they're for. I don't know what what you've done in my head, but he'll, he'll but hell, it's sore. Why should I wear a hat? Strange, eh? Question mark. Um, you must have discovered that. I'm back in the jungle again, the jungle again. Why should I wear a hat? <laughs> and one, what he was on when he wrote this lyric. Um, but see, the thing is, um, it's just, yeah. Anyway. We'll skip past that one. I'm not sure. We end the album on an instrumental, which is what a lot of the album. Um, sorry, a little noise of me moving the paper. I'm just reading the lyric sheet from the album. Um, a lot of new album bands did this. They had a uh, Iron Maiden are well known for it, i.e. I, I, Transylvania, um, to have a instrumental. And what a piece of music to finish side A on. It is a fucking cracker. I reckon you could have put that in the middle but way to end it it's um it's dirty it's aggressive it's got an amazing guitar solo see this is the thing these first few songs on this album i wouldn't call heavy metal at all i just wouldn't right up till tank i would say that they were at that point of their heavy rock um heavily blues driven um there was no sort of punk feel to it it feels dramatically different to filth hounds of hades Almost sounds like they're not in the movement anymore. And towards 82, the movement was sort of dissipating anyway. Because it's sort of 80 to 82, wasn't it? Um, Anyway. So, you get to tank. T.A.N.K. It is awesome. It's got this sort of um, swinging momentum, this power, this sort of... um, swagger again but it's like the guitars come in and out the bass is thundering the drums are splashy it sounds like they're just having fun almost sounds like they couldn't get a lyric for it because it was just too powerful to record over you know um some instrumentals are that way because the lyric can't be found to fit the music but they want to put the music on the album it's not a filler by any means um it's not a filler at all It, it really it really isn't because it can't be because if it was a filler, it would be most of the time fillers are pretty shit, aren't they? And, and let's be honest, um, Sabbath put a lot of instrumental fillers on their albums, which were pretty crap. Um, oh, I'll get struck off for that. I'll lose my heavy metal badge, won't I? Um, anyway, it ends the album. It ends the album with this sort of like, almost like they just uh, they're getting to the end of the, the piece of music. And instead of stopping, they just unplug the cables and, and or even bung their guitars down next to the amp, and you get a sort of feedback feel. It, it, to me, it's it's uh, what real Norman music sounds like. So if you want a real taste of what Norman is, listen to Tank, T.A.N.K, um, which is the last track on that side. All right. Then we flip the album over. All right. We flip it over and we get used leather hanging loose. Now, really, this is when Norman kicks in for me on side two. They've sort of gone, well, we, we've got our Zeppelin bit out of our way. Let's do some Wobham stuff. And um, Used Leather Hanging hanging Loose is great because it has that um, that two vocal line chorus, you know, where um, one person sings um, 
used leather and someone sings Hanging Loose. Um, I think it's Algie Ward is is doing both parts, but it's recorded separately. But it, it's still, you know, you'd imagine the bass player and the guitarist singing in in tandem in the chorus. Um, again, um, I, I don't understand quite. I'm mean, going to read the lyric, okay? I want to find a woman who smiles when she swallows. I mean, okay, we know what that's about, people. Doesn't I don't have to paint you a picture there. Um, the dives in the shadows. I always have to stop, so I never see this. What follows? Can you can you shoot a gun when you can't get the ammo? Hmm. Okay. All right, Algy. Um, and then it says, uh, "We could have the time of our lives. We could stay awake all night. Her open gusset t- tights are tied together." <laughs> Sorry. Do you know when you read it out loud, guys? You have to laugh, but it, it, it. But when you when it's playing along and the music's pumping behind it, you sing along. You don't really think about the lyric, do you? Right. Um, and then of course the chorus is "Use leather hanging loose." You lose use leather hanging loose. Should, should she take a bribe to relieve all my troubles? I'll need a Sherpa guide. Her inside are so hollow. Her shut. Her slut designer jeans take hours to unravel. She finds it hard to talk with a mouth full of gravel. Ooh, okay. See, mm. I want to find a woman who smiles when she swallows. I'm mean, not gonna. It, 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 okay. So now, I've never really, I've I've heard this song hundreds of times, but I've never sat down and just really thought about the lyric and. Now I'm doing it, I have to say, it's, again, one of those sides of the Wobbum and Heavy Metal, in fact, early Heavy Metal, which really gave us a bad name with a bit of misogyny and, you know, um, have you seen Spinal Tap where they've got the, they're going through the um, the metal detector and he's got his cucumber wrapped in silver foil, right? Yeah, he's had his jeans, it's that kind of machismo, that... Um, tight jeans, big bollocks, um, you know, that kind of thing. Women are toys and all that kind of awfulness that I just forgot, to be honest. And I don't know whether, I just don't know whether Algy and the boys were doing it as a tongue-in-cheek. I don't know. I'm going to allow that one because it's just the way it is, right? Anyway, um, so we're going to follow up with Crazy Horses, which is, as we talked about before, the Osman cover. So I just had a quick look into some back crazy. I thought I'd have another look back crazy horse. So apparently the band used to use it as a jamming um, song because it, it came out when they formed, and they just used to use it as a way of as a place marker in there and warm up for their um, jam sessions. And and uh, they thought we'll release it as a single. Apparently it went down like a lead balloon in the UK. Um, they didn't get the joke. They didn't understand why they were doing it they were they were all it was sort of like a bit hang on you're heavy metal band why are you um why are you releasing a donny osman song have you ever seen um uh, bad news you know that with a spider and all that you know we're heavy metal and all that right? they, they had a sort of like this sort of um uh like the punks who took it very very seriously it's a good song crazy in fact it's one of the best covers of that song that there is and it follows use leather hanging loose um, quite well because it sort of takes away that if you want to be honest and, and pardon the pun takes the taste out of the mouth doesn't it 
Um, and then you get Set Your Back on Fire. Uh, this one's actually really, really motorheady. To me, I thought this sounded like we'd just taken a motorhead song and changed the singer. Same with the last track, uh, Power of the Hunter. Um, there is, again, um, quite aggressive lyrics in it. Um, I'm looking out for something, but I don't know what. I'm always cold when I'm hanging out, but I'm in when it's hot. Why do I have to do this? I fall to myself. Resistance will be useless. That's all you'll need. I need some help. I think this is a drug-related reference, to be honest with you. I've, I've always thought it that way. Um, the chorus is, you better wait your turn. I guess you'll never learn, you motherfucker. I'll show you what I mean. I'll blow, I'll blow a can of gasoline only for a laugh. Now, again, sorry about the swearing. There's a bit of swearing in this episode, but it will be basically about youthful hijinks, drug taking, being an idiot really um, I think that's really it I don't know where else that, that level will go and then we go to Red Skull Rock uh, this is one of the ones on this side that goes slightly back Zeppelin-y slight Zeppelin feel, it is also a slightly more sedate and restrained uh, lyric the Red Skull's running right over the hill and Cap and Bucky's out there, fighting with him still. The Fuhrer wants our heroes dead or alive. The SS keeps them running, running out of time. So classic, it's a typical Nawabum um, song. It is like Iron Maiden. It's basically based on uh, the Red Baron. Oh, not Red Baron, Second World War, isn't it? So um, just, I would imagine, I'm going to look into it deeper. One second, I'm going to come back. Let's pause that for a moment. You have to pardon my ignorance here. Um, I I didn't realise. I only just I always thought it was sort of a Second World War thing. No, it's um, it's a Captain America thing, I believe. Um, he's a captain character from Captain America, Red Skull. I had no idea. Um, I'm not really into those sort of um things. I was never into co the only comics I used to read as a kid were um, uh, two thousand AD and. Viz, which is like a uh, really coarse uh, British um, seaside humour kind of comic with characters like uh, Buster Gonad and his unfeasibly large testicles, <laughs> uh, Roger Melly the man on telly and two fat slags and all that stuff. I, that was my that was my thing. Billy the fish and all that stuff. Um, anyway, so that's what it's again. It I feel it has a real Bunnawabam. Uh, grab to it. it it sort of jumps again it's jumping it's a Jekyll and Hyde kind of album it is a song that coming to the end of the album I have to tell you that when I've listened to it I too tend to find myself um, zoning out slightly on this track that's probably why I've not really taken much interest in it in the past again the lyrics on the, because I I don't tend to be honestly when it comes to lyrics when I listen to an album um, I might sing along to the lyrics but sometimes I just it I don't take a lot of notice if it's an album that I don't listen to a great deal and this is an album that probably in the time I've been listening to this sort of music listened to it maybe a dozen times so it's not sort of like and when I listened to it again this morning um, I wasn't really listening to the lyrical content I was listening to the musical content um, because the lyrics can be as, I said, as you can notice can be very sub subjective um, anyway and then we end on 
Power of the Hunter. Now this really is the title track, but it is really is Motorhead. It could be a Motorhead song. I genuinely, but I, I've, heard, I've seen him play it live. It's a brilliant live track. Um, it could easily be on their first album. It does sound like Motorhead. It, it's got, um, if you had a bit more speed in it and a bit more filth um, in the mix, that could be a Motorhead song. It could be a Motorhead song. It really, really could. Pardon me. Um, the lyric is really cool, actually, because this is the one I've sung along to a lot, along with um, Walking Barefoot Over Glass um, and Pure Hatred. It's one of my... Oh, uh, Biting and Scratching. Um, hold on. I, I love it because it opens with, Hold on to your toupees. And that's such a damned kind of lyric. It's such a punk it's like it's almost like out just gone well i've done this album now it's a bit too middle of the road in some spots let's be add some punk to it and it opens with that it, it could be a damn song he could have written it for machine gun etiquette quite comfortably um you know the chorus is uh is obviously feel the power of the hunter but the the, the opens up with the end is coming closer now every word is said in spite they ain't getting any younger they're getting older live by the knife oh you know it's um again probably just a sort of a, a it's probably about um either one or two things it's about street fighting it could be about um you know neolithic man hunting food um it could be really they're sick and tired of waiting now the hunter's on the attack before they started fighting then they knew damn well they're not coming back see it also, it's just, I think it could be lots of things. Anyway, it's a brilliant way to end the album. Um, a real uh, a real sort of um, fiery, punchy call to arms um, on this, this particular album. Now, it does have um, some interesting information on the on this release so this release was dedicated to the memory of marcus mossman 1968 to 2021 he obviously he owned high roller records and he i wanted to reissue the album for them he must have passed away um just soon after being released basically it's a beautiful okay it's a beautiful product as i said um for a cracking album it really is a cracking album there's some really good information in there uh, about the recording of the album, um, about its release dates and all that sort of stuff. But as I said, um, I don't want you to, to listen to this review and go, I'm not listening to the album now because it's got lyrics about this and it might have... No, it, it's a snapshot in history, right? I only really listened to that lyric read the lyric there and understood exactly what it meant just then like and it made me laugh so you shouldn't take too much seriousness to it it's a bit it's a bit coarse and a bit crass but then isn't all um to some extent rock and roll a bit coarse a bit crass isn't it if i mean if you want intellectualism listen to prog if you want um if you want middle of the road unoffensive stuff listen to you know the osmonds or or whatever, but there is going to be times when these bands will offend. Uh, and of course, he's also coming, Algie's coming from a punk background, and so that was all about, you know, 
raising the eyebrows of the of the old the older people in the family and and pushing the buttons and and creating chaos. Not so much with with Norbum, I don't think. Um, there was just about. I think they were just wanted to make loud, aggressive youth music um, that made them happy and gave them air full of energy. And if, I mean, you clearly Algie is clearly not. You know, he's not Wordsworth, is he? He's not Shakespeare. He's not Dylan or or Costello or or, or even he's not even. Um, Leiden, he's, he's none of those, you know, or, or, or um, any one of those sort of, or Paul Weller, he's not like a, he's not going to sit down and, make, and change your world with his lyrics, but he's going to change your world with his music. His music is a wonderful bastardization or amalgam or love of Zeppelin and Purple and Sabbath and The Damned and Motorhead and uh, all those joyous bands that create rock and roll and fill your soul with joy and 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 and, and um vibrancy so um go try the album i said i'll put the link below in in the show notes because probably the only way you're going to hear it really is youtube unless you've got a copy and if you've got a copy great play it um and see what if you agree with me again i, I didn't want to do a huge deep dive in the lyric I, but it's just an enjoyable thing that i like to do anyway that's me for this week. I hope you enjoyed the to chat, me chatting about Tank. I hope you go and listen to some Tank. I mean, particularly Filth Hounds of Hades, particularly. And then, of course, you know, this uh, fantastic album, Power of the Hunter. As I said, sometimes if you're going to get offended by the lyric, just don't listen to the lyric. Just listen to the music. If you are not, if you want a bit of a laugh, now I've read the lyric closely, um... I'm going to go back and listen to it again and see if it makes me giggle, because it probably will. Uh, anyway, that's me for now. Um, chat to you next week. As I said, um, April's coming up, and April will be um, a celebration of women in rock. Some will be heavy metal, some will not be heavy metal, but uh, I'll be interviewing Son from um, the Australian um, Iron Maiden cover band, Aces High. Um a brilliant, brilliant band, a brilliant, brilliant singer, a really nice person. So you, I think you'll enjoy that. That's going to come up in the mix in April. I don't know if it'll be the first week, but it will certainly be come up in the mix. Anyway, talk to you soon, guys. Bye for now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.